know Vizio's uh he he's a really nice guy. He's a super friendly guy. He's guy in his like late twenties, I think. I, I can't tell his exact age, but he's like late twenties, early thirties, and small little Asian guy. Obviously, because I'm in Asia, yeah. um, and I'm bigger than nearly everyone, so everyone's a small little Asian guy to me. I've seen a, I've seen a meme of a guy standing in doorways where it's cutting off his head. He's like, I'm starting to think Godzilla was just a normal sized lizard. I mean, but I'm like. So, um, you know, go and see him. But every time I walk in to his office, like when I have my appointment, he walks up and he's like, how's it going, man? And he like almost like goes to slap me on the back, but like right where my shoulder is. So I have to lead with my good shoulder. So that's the one he hits me on the back. Because <laughs> he's so pally. I'm like, do you know, do you remember why I'm here? Like, <laughs> That'd be great if that was a test to see if somebody was faking it. Like if they're trying to do an insurance canvas, every time they come in, prod them in the area that's supposed to be sore. I just watch them wince and go, all right, we're, we're square. So I've been, I've been getting the dry needling. So he's been stabbing me in the area. But uh, <laughs> it always, he's always looking at me kind of going, like, you sure that, is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. He's like, you're not moving. And I'm like, well, I'm not meant to. You're putting, stu- you're putting needles into you. And he's like, you're not reacting like is it not sore i'm like i don't even feel it he's like hang on a minute and he'll grab them and he does this with them like he'll pull them, <laughs> and jostle. them back in and i'm like oh i feel that and he's like okay cool just check it and yeah, it's nerve more... damage otherwise <laughs> no it's the exact opposite my nerve is so sensitive right now but it's just when he's putting it in and it's not hitting that i'm just like all right whatever it's like he's like does it not hurt and i'm like no my shoulder hurts a lot but that's fucking yeah. nothing in comparison so i'm not even registered yeah. You're blowing and whistling in the middle of a, like a, a storm warning alarm. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's whatever, fart in a hurricane. Like I'm not going to notice this. <laughs> Your diagnosis is just, oh, for fuck's sake. Like it's not bad. It's ah, oh, for fuck this now. Come on. Yeah. And it like, it's, it's just, it's the inconvenience of it. I was just like, ah, fine, whatever's required. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, like the, the worst part about being in the hospital those five days is I didn't have my switch or my laptop with me. Yeah. Um, and it was just, I put on weight being in the hospital as well. I've been eating, like I've been cutting the food I'm eating and I've been trying to lose weight and I have been losing weight. And then I went to the hospital where they oh, no, were only going to feed you healthy food. They fucking put on weight. Do you know why? Because that whole healthy food thing is bollocks. Yeah. Because I'm like, I get there and they're like, uh, so I get in there, like I got checked in at like 10 PM or something like that at night time. And it, uh, after sitting for like five or six hours in the emergency room, and probably longer than in the like you know with everything else I was out of the house maybe like nine ten hours at this point yeah and i'm sitting there and my phone's starting to die and i'm like i posted online that i was in hospital but i wasn't messaging people individually because it was just like that's just going to ruin my battery yeah and i post online whatever and i'm like okay well i need to charge my phone and i nurse is coming in and i'm getting settled in and she's like something else you need and i was like i know it wouldn't be open now but is there a shop downstairs that sells like phone chargers or something because my phone's gonna die and most people I know are not in this hemisphere and they're going to panic if they can't get through to me. And she's like, oh, no, I don't think there is. I was like, ah, fine, I'll sort something. And then 20 minutes later, she comes back with the phone charger and some toast, butter toast, and a cup of hot Milo. You know what Milo is? I do not. Milo is essentially chocolate water. It's it's they basically get the equivalent of hot chocolate, but it's it's hot chocolate that you make with water instead of milk. Right. The idea being that it's of lower fat. It's like it's still fucking chocolate, but okay. <laughs> She's like, there you go, you'd be all right. And I'm like, I haven't eaten since like noon, and I'm like, oh thank god, food. And I'm, and then like they come around to me and like, oh, we're just taking the the the, the we'll get your lunch order for tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, go. Cool. And they're like. And they they offer me different things and like, it's all like pasta and stuff. And I'm like, really? Is it not like just, you know, boiled chicken that's been, you know, looked at a boiled potato type of thing? Yeah, yeah. But no, they're like, no, 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 fuck it. This is Southeast Asia. Like, if we serve food that wasn't delicious, we'd feel like we'd we'd have to kill ourselves. (laughs) We're bad I guess so. But yeah, I put on like four pounds just sitting in the hospital for four days because it was just, I am not moving. And B, they just keep on giving me stuff that's just like, yeah, here, have more Milo. Here, I'm like, can I get water? And they're like, uh, yeah, the maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I heard an urban so. legend years ago along the lines of the the uh, the gerbils and their removed ribs. And it was one that Elvis oh, okay. Elvis had, had him, after trying every weight loss thing under the sun, had himself put into a chemical coma, chemically induced coma for a week. 
where they would just give him calorie control stuff to just try and get some of the weight off him. And when he came back, he put weight on because they were like, no, it's inactivity. You can't like any calories you do to give to keep him alive. He's not going to burn off. And that was just one of the things. And I just remember being as a kid being like, yes, I'm smarter than Elvis. <laughs> That's the take. I, I mean, it, it's yeah. I mean, like the lack of in, the lack of activity. And at one point, look, I have to do my weights every day for my shoulder. Yeah. And at one point I turned to them and went, do you have like a physio department here that I could swipe the lend of like a, a four kilo weight from just because my shoulder and they're like, no, we, do, we do. it's not in this hospital because the hospital I was staying in, they have a twin hospital. So the other one was the one I did the actual, uh, the A&E visit to. Right. And they transferred me to this. And apparently like all the physio stuff is in the other one. And I'm like, oh, okay. Can I have a full, gla- a full jug of water? And they're like, sure. And then I'm just like holding the jug, doing it that way. <laughs> and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, I have to do this every day or just my shoulder seizes up. And they're like, oh, okay, fair enough. And um, yeah, just to kind of like improvise. It was weird. You didn't drop it and do a full strip, uh, not strip tease, flash dance <laughs> moment. No, no, <laughs> no. And every like <laughs> probably the most surreal thing that I saw. Um, I don't know how much of this is going to make it into the episode. But, um, <laughs> do you know what? I'm going to start, I'm gonna start it exactly at you saying it, and I don't know how much of this is going to make it into the episode. <laughs> So every uh, anytime I went to the bathroom, they had to take the urine, right? right. Because the the medication was almost so strong. I assume they were just like, we need to make sure his kidneys are still working. So they were taking the piss. Uh, yeah, and then they were like, and I'm like, do, like they give you this thing, and it's you can tell it's made from that recycled recycled cardboard or paper. It's like the woven thing, yeah, so yeah. it's actually woven and all that. So it's waterproof. Thank God. And then there's like, there's there's the nozzle that you you basically pissed her. And I'm like, you don't want me to shit in this, do you? And they're like, no. And I'm like, I'm just, I mean, my aim ain't that good. And they're like, I'll give it a good college try. You got, you people have been lovely. I, 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 I'll give it a yeah. shot. Like, uh, you got a funnel and a mop. Maybe you can get something going here. Like, but then, um, but no, I was like, I don't have to like, like just urine. I'm like, okay, cool. Do I need to do anything with that? Do you need me to like, you know? And they're like, no, 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 that's fine. Just when you do go, note the chart on the wall. And I'm like, what? And they're like, you'll see. I go to the bathroom. And they're like, first time, you know, I look in the wall and it has like a diagram of all the various types. And then there's a scale of like one to nine. And you come out and they're like, and what number was it? It was like, it was a four. And they're like, oh, very good. And I'm like, <laughs> so what? Was it? And we, and we have a 5.2 from the German judge. I'm like, I'm just like, what the hell is this? So I wonder if it was the Bristol scale, which is the scale of stool firmness and things like that. There is, there's like a, a medically accepted scale that people can, like an ISO standard. It might have been. I wasn't going to ask too much into it, to be honest. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> like it didn't come up. Um, but yeah, that, that, was the, that was the hospital stay. Very surreal job. Mm. Granted, it was a month ago. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it, it, it's like, that, this is the thing. Now that I like, the fucking thing has flared back up on my other leg. I'm like, I have all of this to look forward to. Yeah. Again. Excellent. Unless this get, it gets sorted. So I'm hoping it will. But it's just bloody frustrating. Yeah. Uh, how was your Halloween? You were saying you were watching, you were doing a, a horror movie double bill. Yeah, we were just watching some films um, on, um, through a perfectly legal means. Uh, yeah, the we watched through the thing. It's a classic. Yep. Um, I watch it at least once a year because it's a classic. Um, I do too, but it's never around Halloween. I just get a notion. I'm like, I think I want to see a bunch of lads go mad. I mean, the fact that it's you know no one can go out or everyone dies and all the rest. Maybe it's a little too accurate for 2020, but. <laughs> I'm like, I was just watching it and I was like, yeah, it was a great laugh. And then I watched uh, an old anime, uh, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. The original one was done in the, want to say the mid 80s, early 80s. Mm. Animation on it isn't great. Um, it's set in like a futuristic version of Earth, like as in it's like 20, 30,000 years in the future. But society has basically collapsed back into like the Wild West almost. Okay. Um, except like all the horses are cybernetic. Um, what was the, the and, kids' TV show? Was it called Lone Star or something? Where it was all future cowboy shit. 
sir. Brave Star. Yes. Here's a wolf. Yep. Strength of Bear, Speed of the Puma. Puma. Brave Star. <laughs> that... No, his, his horse could actually like stand up and wheel to go. Oh, God, yeah. His, his horse is called 3030, named after a rifle, the Winchester. Nice. I, so. I must have seen that a bunch as a kid and then completely forgot about it. And when the when I started hearing like the first bars of the opening tune on something, I just like it all came floating back. Once I was like, why am I thinking of anthropomorphic horses wielding guns? What the fuck am I thinking? I just have this image of you collapsing on the stairs, uh, like with the music playing in the background and Jacob's ladder style. Just fucking freaking out. Like. Yeah, not far off. What's wrong with him? Something about a horse. I don't know. Oh, he's, he's on the ketamine again, is he? Um, but yeah, the uh, so like it's and like vampires have uh, ruled at one point, and they had like a basically like they controlled all of Earth, and then it's you know so it's all kind of like everything's looped back around. The vampires are in decay. Society is on is very much down to like small pockets of humanity. Mm-hmm. The the sequel Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust one that we watched, it's like ninety nine percent cheesy, over the top, ridiculous, fantastically animated action sequences. Nice. Um, cool. And then and it's all obviously like there's uh, horror elements because it's like you know it's there's vampires in it and the main character D is a uh, Peel, which is like a half human half vampire. I was going to start. So he's basically. The, I was going to start naming the tropes like, and see if I could hit any. It was like, well, they probably they've got like a, a an old guy who knows all the lore, and then they've probably got a half breed, or they've got. There's, a... there's, there's, there's two old guys. All guys. Technically three, but there's uh, for exposition. But yes, uh, they've got. So a... so hang on. So so um, just to, we'll we'll quickly bounce through those. So one D has a demo- an, an ancient demonic entity bound to his hand. Oh nice! And since D. Did, since D is meant to be like the silent or the quiet protagonist, you know, the strong and silent type, yeah. the hand keeps talking to him and he just ignores it. But the hand expo- expositions for you as you're like so that heading around. The hand then is the, the uh, object that shouldn't speak that speaks that is a wisecracking Salem the Cat or any exactly. Sa- any exactly. any Seth MacFarlane, the thing that shouldn't talk but talks. Yeah, and then there's... um. There's a one point when he's chasing his quarry that he has because uh, uh, he's a bounty hunter and he, uh, he is, loses his horse and he has to get a new one. So he goes right. to the nearest town and he, he's walking, carrying the saddle and he comes into the town and he walks into the mechanic shop and the guy's there like fixing something and he's like, I'd like to buy that horse. And he's like, yeah, it's $100,000 because the money in the game, in the series is ridiculous. It's like insanity yeah. levels of money. And he drops like 12 coins in the table, which is apparently recovered. And he's like, cool. And then, like, the sheriff and a posse bust in, and we're like, don't take kind of your folk around here. <laughs> and then, like, the, and then the old man's all like, you remember that story? Or you would have heard that story. It was before you were born, but there was a, uh, 10 children who were kidnapped, and they had to hire a dumb peel to get him back. And it's like, well, I'm glad he did that because I wouldn't be here today. And they're like, oh my God, it's the same guy. And then, like, yeah, yeah, he has, like, the old guy. And then there's an evil old guy on a unicycle. Amazing. Uh, who flirts uh, relentlessly with the main character. At one point, he's like, "You're doing, and you're quite beautiful. Though, does that make you uncomfortable?" And no, let's like me, and all this. Like, um, and he's like, he's like the spokesman for the evil monster race of people, almost like Nightbreed or something. That's right, in the right, right. So, do they have a young girl character who's either a hacker or an engineer? No, they managed to avoid there's, that trope. No, 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 there's two young girl characters, and one of them is one of the other bounty hunters because there's a rival squad of bounty hunters. Right. So she's a she, and is she the knife girl while someone else is the gun toter, or is she all guns? No, no, no. She's she's the gun. Like right. she, like her gun is like it, it, it's like the barrel is four times as wide as the handle type thing. It's <laughs> ridiculously anime. I love it. And um, actually, she's the only one in the crew who uses guns because there's four other guys in the crew who are brothers. Uh, one of them is the 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 wisecracking uh, leader, and um, they're they're known as the Marcus Butters. And it is the wisecracking leader, and he has like the the arms of a crossbow that pop off his bracer, and then you can just hold them and like fire them rapidly. Right, right. Um, and you've another guy who's like the kind of skinny acrobatic one, and he's got two like twin um, cross knives, and then you've the big big dumb one, but the he's big, like big, eight foot tall, and he and he has he has a mallet, like a massive mallet, but the mallet's actually a giant stake. Nice. Um, and then and then the fourth brother is like. 
he's always inside their vehicle tank thing um and he's in bed because he's like he's constantly like hooked up to medical stuff because he can astral project and use his powers to like blast it away but it fucks him up every time he does it I like um, that. and then she's good. she's like the she's like the the surly gun-toting what yeah. there's a there's a really good way of if you're trying to write characters and you think your character is getting into mary sue territory and it sounds like there's a bunch of mary sues in this what you want to do is create, of- what you want to do is create a character that when you look at him you don't be like yeah, it's like a superhero, but he's an asshole and he's got a limp. You you want to look at someone and say, God, I wish, I'm so glad I'm not that guy. The idea that somebody is hooked up in a van with all this stuff and can astral project, but is just trapped in there. Like, that's a really cool character where you're looking at it going, oh man, that's insane, but I'm so glad I'm not that guy. So the basic gist of the storyline is that there is a woman who's abducted at the very start by a vampire and... Uh, the beautiful young maiden abducted in the middle of the of, her, of the night from her home, um, and uh, there's a bounty put out to recover her, or if she's has been turned to kill her and put her out of her misery. Yeah, and um, so that's why you've 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 D and then you do this other group who are chasing them down. But the 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 uh, vampire are doing it, and her turns out they're in love, right. and she uh, you know I was going to say and all this. It's, either, it's always either damsel in distress or scarlet woman and they do it in like even in dracula they have mina and i can't think of the other woman's name and it was like this one's completely innocent but this one sides with the vampire and it's like yeah oh no but, no, but this one is me- she's meant to be completely innocent but she also is in love with the vampire and there's a point where like th- there's this group called the barbara who are like that like they're like the nightbreed in in the library film yeah um, and each one is a different ability or mutation or something like that and they're transporting uh, your man so he can like uh, they can get to their their, their destination in that and they're offering protection there's one point where there's a showdown and the, 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 the carriage gets ambushed and you know she, um, she, uh, she gets dragged out of the, the carriage and the, the watch call it they're like um, the bounty hunters are like you know oh no we've got her and then like the, the vampire steps down into the sunlight mm. and the sun's burning him and he's walking towards her because he doesn't can't live to be without all this shit That's like the, like it's the film is entirely cheesy yeah it's gorgeously animated and has some amazing set pieces but it's but like it's just it's all style and it's i, I haven't watched it in about like 10 years it's such a good film though like just for that kind of like i just want to switch my brain off and yeah, watch yeah. Some good. that's that's all it is i'll definitely give it a look i i really love when anime does western tropes and when they do either victorian or wild west it's always funny and if they're doing both it sounds perfect <laughs> yeah yeah there's and there's some really nice um like the one of my mates is watching me like um <laughs> she's not animated she's just baffled over like the, the she's just like i fucking love the cloak animations yeah yeah because there's a point where he has a big massive cloak is fighting against a vampire and the vampire is like hardening parts of his cloak to use them as blades and stuff nice. and there's just all this like billowing shit going up and it looks really well done and it's just like yeah this is this is a hundred percent like at one point like the, like you're listening to the dialogue and you're like my god this dialogue is awful and then two minutes later there's a fight scene and you're like this is so well done and you can <laughs> like and in that in that 120 seconds they showed you where all the money went yeah <laughs> and it's just right into that like, yeah i can respect that nice so I used to watch loads of martial arts movies with lads and then we'd be down in the pub afterwards and go, that was mad. The bit where the guy jumped up, like jumped and kicked the guy off the motorbike and like kicked his helmet in half and all this kind of stuff. And then one of the lads would start explaining the storyline to someone who hadn't seen it. And I was like, that happened? Wait, there was a storyline? It was like, who was yeah, kidnapped? Yeah. What? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. No, I'm definitely familiar with that type of thing. It's just, it's like, not, not, not everything has to be Shakespeare. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I'm reading a, reading a book series uh, by David Wong, who's one of my favorite authors. And the first book was Futuristic Violence and Fancy Suits. And the second book okay. the second book is called Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick, where he let the internet okay. name it and then put his money where his mouth is and goes, that's what you're calling it. That's what the book's called. Hey, if you're the ones who are going to fucking buy it, that's the name it's got. So, um, And it's, it is like that. It's like that Black Mirror thing of everything slightly in the future uh but still recognizable and things are like it's set around halloween uh but halloween has turned into a completely corporate holiday so they keep mentioning things like well i have to go home and put up the halloween tree and make sure i have my halloween gifts wrapped and ready for people and you slowly dawns on you that halloween has become like 
Christmas, Christmas has basically spread so far that now it encompasses Halloween as well. And you just start the holiday season at that point. Um, but also everybody is constantly streaming all the time. So there's parts where like people are trying to do dealings with things where they do stuff just because they know they have an audience. And it's that kind of thing of they get home and just their head is absolutely wrecked because they haven't got to be themselves at all during the day because in like moments of conflict, everybody is suddenly has to act knowing there's an audience with them. Um, but it is very good. And it's it's also written by a guy who clearly, you know that thing that like people who suffer from depression uh, can give you a more accurate reading of like real basic stuff, like here's what stuff costs or like here's accurate representation. Yeah, it's apparently the more, what is it, the um, the happier a person is in general, the easier it is to fill them and the less aware they are of um, small like details. Yeah. Or, or like, it's, some, it's some weird thing. I remember reading the thing about it. It's, it's a real weird because you can see on the page where the guy clearly has had like bouts of depression and stuff where in a moment where you should be getting cool one-liners and stuff, just some real mundane but accurate stuff is dropped and you're like oh yeah like it's it, they'll be doing something that's like well that's because you're good looking good looking people get away with more stuff and you just kind of read and gone you would never say that in a movie you would never just call attention to the fact that certain people are better looking it's like no, no let's let's call it out like it's because you're good looking that's why they sent you and it was like oh okay um yeah it, anyway it's a really good book series it's the guy, same guy who did john dies at the end um although oh, okay. those weird kind of surrealist horror books this is the the sci-fi yeah. branch Okay. Interesting. Mm. I do plan. I plan. I watched. Um, I rewatched The Witch this morning. Oh, nice! Just not a morning movie for me. <laughs> it's Halloween movie. It's Halloween weekend. Yeah. I, I will. I will. Um, I will watch a bit of anything on Halloween, and um, it is my version of Christmas. Yes. So, oh, same as that. Um, and yeah, and it was actually yeah, the Friday night and probably like later on tonight. I was playing, um, I was starting to play Watch Dogs Legion that just came out. Mm. Um, not made by my studio, but made in Ubisoft. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's weird how familiar the accents are. And I, and I realized something as well. Um, after playing Watch Dogs 1 and 2, both set in America, both have, an amount of swearing. Yep. And then they do Watch Dogs Legion set in London where you regularly hear the, you, you regularly hear like uh, accents from all over the UK, from Ireland, yeah, yeah. from um, Jamaica and that, you know, like all, all, all exactly what you would expect to hear in London. And the amount of swearing that they do. Brilliant. The sheer volume. There's some American out there who's being traumatized by like the like I, I was watching a uh, one chap uh, solid FPS a very good streamer I was watching him play and his favorite agent is an Irish guy called shit what's his second name it's Tiernan something right and he sounds like he grew up in the same street as me <laughs> like oh that must be proper so nor- proper North Dublin accent I and. And, and like, I'll be and, so and, disappointed and, and, if if uh, Valhalla, the Irish DLC, doesn't have all but like real Dublin accents and stuff. Yeah. The exact same voice actor. <laughs> but it, it's it's so weird. Like, so like even so, he was playing the quest that I've played, and our mission that I played. And there's certain points. The whole idea is that like any of the characters you recruit, there's two characters in DeadSec, as in which is the the group you're with. Yep. There's two characters in DeadSec who don't change in your playthrough. Technically three. There's the, the guy you play in the intro. Um, and then there's Sabine, who's like the leader who basically helps you recruit people. And then there's uh, Bagley, who's the AI that they have. Um, and other than that, every character you recruit is different. You literally, there's like 9 million characters in the game. You can go recruit any of them. Nice. Except for like, unless they're specifically there for quests. Then you can't. And it's like, it's because you have to interact with them. But all told, that's only like a couple of hundred is that. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing, and there's, there's basically an option at the start where it's like, do you want to play with or without without um, permadeath on? 
So when you guys are killed, they're dead. Right. When you go, or where if you don't play with it, when you, they're killed, they're injured, and they go to the hospital, and it takes them a while to get back out, and it costs money. What's the what, or, what's the intention of the game? Is it like XCOM, or they're supposed to be? Or is it intended? Well, to be no, it, from it, it, I think it is. Right. I don't. I honestly don't know. And I think that like I like that they put the option there for people. So if people just want to like if they don't want to play with the permadeath mode, they can choose not to. The, the thing I feel is, is that like from all the reviews I've been reading and from my own play experience and stuff, and other, I'm watching others, playing with permadeath mode feels better because when you fuck up, that's that was the story. You had there was the story of that character. Yeah, they were, how they were approached, how they were recruited, how the missions are successful, and then how they died. And now when you're going and you're trying to complete the mission then with someone else, because it's like, well, you got to retry the mission because you failed it. It's not that it loads up from a checkpoint. It's just like, right, well, now you got to pick someone else to bring and get the mission done. And there's, a, you know, it's kind of like, well, shit, I lost someone the last time it was here. And then there's a thing called uh, Iron Man mode where you cannot toggle between the two during play because you can if you want to. You can just right, be like, right. I'm losing too many people. This is too stressful. I'm going to turn it off. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, I kind of want to vamp it up a bit. I want to turn it off, which is fine. Um, but yeah, uh, but I'd been playing a uh, Sorry, I was watching solid play mission that I'd already done. And, you know, you're talking to the, you're talking to Bagley, like he's like the voice in your ear who gives you your missions and yeah. that type of thing. And he's like, you know, okay, we need to do such and such and such and such and then this. And when I was playing through, I was playing through with just a guy who was from South London and he was just like, uh, he's just like, uh, it's like, all right, that's the play. And then, you know, that's his response. Yeah. But when the Irish guy was doing it, it was like, grand job. It's just little details yeah, like that. Like, that's exactly how exactly how someone from Dublin would respond. And and the, the just the the, the general everyone's like oh, fucking hell, like just, you know, like it's <laughs> it's like the way that, like they they use the swearing like punctuation. They use yeah, it exactly yeah. the way like people like people from North Dublin do, and it's and then the same with the people from London. Like the, the way they talk, it sounds exactly right. But there's so much more swearing, and I didn't realize it until I was actually playing. And I'm like, man, this feels a lot more sweary than the previous two games. They did that in in Alice Madness Returns. There's no swearing in the game, and then there's a bit where you go into the real world and you're walking through a bar or something, and someone just under their breath calls you a cunt, and it's the weirdest moment. And I genuinely was like, I think someone slipped that in. There's no way that's meant. And if you go down the docks, you can hear people swearing. It's like, no, it it really is. Uh, uh, impactful to be like, well, the fantasy world is fantasy, and in the real world, someone someone like, says that to you, and you're like, oh shit, I don't feel comfortable in the real world. Well, back to the fantasy world. Yeah, it's I don't know, it's odd, but I'm I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I mean, I was I, I played through the first two games before I even joined on with Evie, and they were like, I really like the first game because of the main protagonist, mm -hmm. Adrian Pierce, who is the most grim depressing protagonist the game has ever had ever and that's if you've never played it the game basically starts with him oh well, the, the central plot starts with his uh him losing half of his family when somebody tries to take out a hit on him and ends up killing them instead right and you go through and you finish the entire game and then your final mission is to go back to their grave which you visited several times throughout the game go back to their grave and basically pass out drunk on the grave. <laughs> I mean, even Max Payne was tongue-in-cheek. Even Max Payne was like, no, like no, glancing no, sideways into is, the camera. No, this is this is full-on grim. And, and it was really refreshing in a weird way because of that. You're literally playing as a guy who had lost all hope. And yeah. he's just like, no, I, I, I have to try and fix what went wrong. And I have to try, I like, I, you know, and I have to do it because... Of my nephew, and you know, and like, and he's, and it's, and then like, you go to the second one, and it's like, fucking group of hacker millennials, and everything's like memes and shit, and they're like, it's a very strange tonal shift. Yeah. It's still an enjoyable game because the mechanics are great, and it's like any of those games, like GTA, or any of those. If you like the mechanics, once you're out of the, like, once you're not in a cutscene for a mission, that's the part of where you enjoy yourself or not. Yeah, like the ridiculousness, but it was just the fact that Aiden Pierce was just like he's worse than Adam Jensen. Right. Like Adam Jensen never asked for this. <laughs> but like for Adam, this. Jensen, Adam Jensen could still have a bit of a sense of humor about it. You know what I mean? Uh, Adam Jensen got thrown, thrown so hard through a plate window and a wall, he lost both his arms. <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, he still has more of a sense of humor than Aiden Pierce. 
and, and and I'm so excited because in the in the just because of the in the, the the season pass, one of the mission drops. If you bought the season pass, is you get to play as Aiden Pierce again. Oh, I'm like, great. yes, they get to be <laughs> you can be depressed on a whole different continent now. This is amazing. Uh, so there's. It, it's I, good I look forward to it. No, I love when games lean into that and just go like, no, no, we'll build it into the storyline that this is a nothing left to lose kind of character because they don't know how yeah. the player is going to play. So they need someone who could like realistically just wheel in any direction. And it, it always strikes me when you've got characters that are part of a bigger storyline and it doesn't make sense. And playing Mass Effect, I always just, it, it always struck me how just cold and weird Garrus was, who's your sniper. And it makes sense. He's completely dispassionate. But I played the game being like, well, I'll just do all the good things. It usually gives me a better storyline. Like, I'll fuck people over when I need to. But, like, generally, I'll help people out and I'll help my crew. So he seemed like the nicest guy. Then I watched someone else playing a bit and they were making all, like, the horrible decisions. Like, just kill the prisoners. And Garrus is like, right away. And just would, like, do it. I was like, that's not my Garrus. It's like, that cold bastard. Has, <laughs> he's been lying to my face. He's he's had this bad streak in him this whole time. Yeah. I mean... That's Garrus all over, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Garrus. But yeah, and not, like I mean, I kind of I really appreciated it in Watch Dogs One. This whole thing of, you know, let's not flinch away from it. Let's give you a grim character in a grim situation, and you have to deal. And I'm like, awesome. I'm also glad they moved away from it for the second one because I'm like, I'm not sure I could have handled another fifty hours. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like it's it, there's a sense of like you can. It's it's one of those well written stories in the first one that when you're playing through the arc you can feel the arc progress and it doesn't feel like there's a lot of wheel spinning, and then when you were coming to the conclusion you can see it and then you arrive and it's almost like there's a relief. Yeah, it's like in wasn't the happiest ending, but it's an ending. I might we can tie it up this, but like I have a yeah I have the Watchdogs games there that came with my PlayStation. I've never played them. Uh, I was playing Deus Ex and the wheel spinning. Either it's it's something I really must want because that seems to be where i spend all my time and it just means that i don't know what the fuck's going on at any point in the story so there's a point where i'm just sitting there and i was like i've got a ticket to a club and i've got this and i've got this 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 why am i in the rooftops trying to mix potions or <laughs> why have i been breaking into this one house for six hours like why why i i have the next story i, I already know exactly what mission you're talking about i'm where i like Genuinely, if people saw me in the street, like the cops every so often are like, kind of move along. I really like the idea that the cops, instead of just seeing me coming and going and investigating people, it's just every so often they see something flit across the roofs and they're just like, what in the name of fuck is he at now? They, um, my favorite part about the Watch Dogs games, specifically, is the um, you can scan anybody. Yeah. So they're all set slightly in the future and it'll tell you their. Their, their name, their occupation, and then like one or two weird facts about them. Um, and like I remember finding finding one in, in, and it's all like obviously it's procedurally generated, like there's just an index for each or whatever, yeah. and they pulled them out and that's like, And I remember finding one in Watch Dogs One, and it was a guy, I still have the screenshot somewhere. It's a guy who's, uh, I don't think he had an occupation, but he was marked as a blood donor and HIV positive. Yep. And I'm like, well then, that's a bit grim. Um, or the or the guy who was an anesthesiologist but was also into frottage. Nice. Which is yeah. basically like for people who don't know, it's the, the people who take sexual pleasure from essentially pressing themselves up against other people without them realizing. Yeah. And it's like if you're the guy responsible for knocking people out on the operating table. This is some real chicken and egg shit with that. Which came first? I'm like it's like just those weird combinations crack me up every time I see them. Uh, it's just, or there was, there was a, um, I saw, I think I saw a couple in the game where there were two people sitting on a bench beside each other. They might not have been together. And one of them was afraid of clowns and the other one was attracted to clowns. <laughs> and I got a, and I had this mental image of them, like, you know, one guy, of the guy, like, you know, oh, for, I'll do it for you, honey. And he's crying while putting on clown makeup <laughs> before uh, their romantic night out. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. But, um, either, either or, either or. Yeah, I love um, it. Yeah, but sure. Anyway, speaking of of uh, Irish accents, <laughs> we we finished watching the boys myself and Sinead. Um, oh, that was from the last episode. We were talking. It was something I wanted to bring up in casting. It was that story of uh, um, Simon Pegg getting cast as adult or as Huey's dad, 
as too old to play Huey Huey. Because he yes. was there um, when they were doing the original comic book for the boys, the character of Wee Huey was clearly built based on Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. The guy, the artist was saying that he had this space box set and would just pause it on Simon Pegg's face that was fantastically expressive. So he was able to use that. Um, and Simon Pegg eventually saw it and was like, oh, that's cool. And even did a, a foreword for one of the collections of the boys. And then when they find it in the TV show, they've cast him as the father because he's like, well, I should have been Huey. It should have been me. So the guy they have playing him, now that I've watched the whole, the two seasons that are out, um, is actually really good. He is, again, one of your mm. blank slate characters. But I think I think they've given him a bit more, as well as just the superficial shit of, he likes Billy Joel. They just give him some random shit. He just, he's, he's expressive enough to like be the Simon Pegg uh, prodigy in this, of just like, you can tell what's going on in his face. You can tell when he doesn't like what's happening. Mm. Does that, I think he also does a really good job of the like they seem to be doing Huey in the uh, in the TV series is he's slightly unhinged by it all. Yeah, and there's your man's very good at just showing the very brief glimmers of that. Yeah, like when he has to do something ridiculous, like say with a detonator, without trying to spoil too much. Like there's that brief flash in his face of he's like, no, fuck you, like I'm yeah. in control, and and then it like reverts back because he's like, holy shit, what did I do? It's so yeah. The, you- it's that real thing of post-trauma. Uh, like it could, if, if it wasn't this, it could have been alcohol. If it wasn't this, it could have been something else. Like this, is, we're watching him basically spiral for a little while, but nobody's stopping him. And people are just like, "Meh." I mean, <laughs> if you're up for it, we can use him. Yeah, it's yeah. Um... the the girl who plays Starlight has the worst posture when she's in her quote-unquote sexy outfit, and it's the funniest thing in the world to me. They like they've put her in this ridiculous, like, super, um, ridiculous low cut. Like, I'm trying to think of even what what it's a reference to. Like, is there a particular superhero that it is ripping off? It's the it's the superhero outfit. It's just in white and gold and yeah. red and blue. I think. But uh, she just stands with like her shoulders hunched and like not sucking in her gut. Not that she has a gut, but just the way she stands is so annoyingly bad that everybody like you it's such a good choice it's such a funny choice for her to make to be just like "Eh," every time she's wearing it i think it's the whole thing like it's just the physical body language of she or of her hating it yeah it's a really good way of conveying that she's like oh for fuck's sake there's a it's like you know your uniform like mm, yeah exactly. in a skill line she's a skill bo- photo. yeah there's some real bold kid energy offer like in the in the comic she's supposed to be like 16 or 17 or something uh mm. we finished watching that and we'd ne- myself and she had never seen misfits before so we were going through and watching that it's oh, up on, wow, okay yeah it's up on netflix uh and like that the it's got the irish character in it who's just spouting irish nonsense all the time but it's yes. To, to the degree that they're like, I really have to wonder how much of this is scripted or how much did they just they do the scene and they go, now do two more and just say whatever the fuck you'd usually say. Uh, but it like one of the scenes is just him opening <laughs> they, one of the characters, and that is supposed to be sexy, so she keeps undoing her um, uh, jumpsuit, her like juvenile delinquent community payback. Uh, For anybody who doesn't know what Misfits is, it's an old series from Channel 4, came out about 10, 12 years ago, I think it was. It might have been a little bit more recent. And it's basically, there's a group of uh, youths who are on um, community, service. community service. And there's a meteor strike and they all get given powers. And then as the season progresses, it turns out other people have powers. Um, and it's a like dark comedy, but with action and stuff. It's a Channel 4 series, quite good. It's very funny. But uh, yeah. they... The character like she'll she'll undo the top or she'll like roll down her jumpsuit so she can like sunbathe and stuff, and then they finally do an episode where he undoes like the Irish guy, the skinny fucking Irish guy, undoes it and like takes off the jumpsuit and just starts oiling himself up to put on suntan lotion, and they're like playing sexy music over. It. And the, again, they must have just let the fell off the leash and go. You've got two minutes to go out there and do whatever you can, and like he's just absolutely loving it. Uh, it is one of the funniest. One of the funniest random characters I've ever seen anything. And again, they all like they did really well of not giving people racially specific stereotypes. I was genuinely worried about that. That seems to always happen 
in like from watching the boys like the black dude will be a fast guy like a Hussein Bolt or like someone like that uh, and this they had it that it's like no spoilers but it is it's you know an old ass show it kind of is your neuroses or what was on your mind or your your like darkest wish that informs your powers so it's yeah. it is that rather than ah the white guy will be the leader and the black guy will be fast and the the girl will be able to do, I don't know, a light show because we need another character. The um your man is in it as well. Uh uh Ewan Ewan Rowan Ryan, I can never pronounce it. Guy name. from Game of Thrones. Yes. Yes. Uh Welsh chap. Um and he's very good at it. He is very good. Like he starts off and you barely notice he's there, and that's kind of intentional. Yeah. They go, they go uh, real over the top with some acting choices and also like some camera and lighting. Like I, I was looking this up. This is before so many other shows that did the tilt shift thing. But every time that character Simon is on screen, they are tilt shifting the fuck out of the screen. So either he's completely in shot and nothing else is so that you're focused on him or everything else is in shot and he's standing in the one spot that it's just completely blurred out and you don't really get a, you don't get a shot of him. Uh, yeah, it's it's such a such a clever use of it as well. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a good show. It is. I liked it. Um, I thought it was well done. There was just the the lack of explanation or the explanations for powers is always great because I no, yeah. nothing that they actually any show will ever be able to say will be satisfying. Um, but my favorite thing is his power to go invisible has him do the, again the Jacob's ladder hedge kind of shift and. To me, that's great because the explanation then is, well, then he's phasing out of reality or something like something is happening that's making him change. And that to me explains why his clothes are invisible, why everything like anything he's holding is invisible. Is no, no, he's not here anymore. Like he is somewhere else. He can see us. We can't see him. Yeah. Yeah. It's good though. Um, Recommended. Just trying to think, is there anything else that's jumped up on my radar lately? Obviously there's no... Seth plot for this episode we're just kind of <laughs> catching up and whatnot that's fair idle ramblings yeah. yeah i mean you know i think it's it's good that we do it every so often just because there's a lot of new shit that's coming out at this, all the time yeah a little bit slow down at the moment but obviously i'm actually using that to catch up yes 100 so, same as that um we have three weeks to go until the final episode of supernatural airs <laughs> um, wow I, would I have enough time to start watching it from the start now? If I watched it eight hours a day, would I be able to catch up? I guess so. How many seasons Maybe. are there? Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to watch half a season a day to have it do it in enough time. There are 324 episodes and it is 38 to 45 minutes an episode. <laughs> Even just allowing, say, 44 minutes is the average. We'll say 42. Yeah. So hang on. Let's work that out. Supernatural is an absolute classic. I, I, re- I really want to go back and start watching it, but I actually think that the first season is all grim, dark, and, and like guys staring each other down. I wonder if I'd have to do like a... I wonder if I'd have to just skip through a couple episodes in the first season to get through it. Math sounds in the background. <laughs> Glennon is, doing, so the, Glennon, the, I, uh, Glennon is uh, the meme with all of the math floating in front of him right now. It's November 19th, okay? And it's, yeah, you've got a few hours today. You might be able to get it in. But say we average 42 minutes, and then we average, uh, well, we've got the 324 episodes. Yep. So we go 323 because the 324th hasn't aired yet. Yep. Let's, let's be scientific about this. <laughs> It's a total of 13,566 minutes. Fantastic. Which works out at 226.1 hours. Fantastic. <laughs> and there's, we'll say, we'll give you the, we'll be generous, we'll give you the full 19 days because it's going to air in America on the 19th, which is going to be the 20th in Ireland, more than likely. Right. Which means you have to spend 12 hours, 11.9 hours a day between now and then. <laughs> in the, in the presence of Sam and Dean Winchester. Yep. Um, which, let's be honest, there's much worse company out there. Oh, hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 12 hours a day, every day, 
to catch up completely. I yeah, I don't know if I'm going to commit to that, but I. <laughs> uh, I love Supernatural. There was a there was a running gag of them all staying in motels, and then whoever was doing the set dressing would try to come up with the weirdest motel backgrounds. But they would always have fights in the motels, or like the bad guys would corner them and stuff like that. So they'd have this really like they'd have rubber ducks on the wall and like some weird colorful divider thing while the two guys are shouting at each other, or we'd have, they'd have like monsters jumping them and you're like why you keep doing this in the backgrounds please give me like one normal motel they're like nope motels aren't normal motels are weird i mean to be fair you've watched an amount of it before right yeah so i mean like you've already saved yourself an amount of errors right there you know? <laughs> no no if i'm gonna do it i'll do it right i mean it's the best approach it's no man i am looking forward to it just because i want to see how it tied up it's it's weird like I'm very glad that that from the from pretty much season two onwards they embraced the cheesiness yeah, yeah. to a big degree. They're a little bit in season one, but they really leaned into it like on season two onwards, and they embraced it enough to keep the show fun without it being um, without it being stale. Yeah, and I loved the, the constant escalation. Yeah, so ridiculous. It is beyond stupid how well they've done it and yet it's still enjoyable they're still like yeah awesome yeah. um it's uh, what else to be for 10 days 10 days uh november 10th is the release day for valhalla yeah it's uh ev- everyone on the ground here is freaking out about they've all got new xboxes and playstations ordered and yeah. there's no there's just no chance of people getting them and we're all stuck within our 5k and none of these shops anyone who's pre-ordered online have all pre-ordered for collection because that's the way you get it the quickest and are sure you're going to get it but now people can't collect them and the shops are not allowing people to switch from collection to delivery because it's different distribution and like a different system so all of the shops are all of the shops are basically doing everyone shut up shut up for a second just let me think about this let me let me think let me think let me think it's like we'll just we'll keep your like we'll we'll keep it indefinitely for when you can pick it up and like but i want it now ah shut up for a second yeah it's um we're we're like i suppose in some ways it's useful that uh we have the whole thing with if you're on xbox i don't know if playstation have implemented i haven't noticed but with xbox like if you buy the game you're just buying the game for xbox if you buy it digitally yeah it works on both Right. Just and so it's like great. I don't have to like. I was planning to play this launch day of the new Xbox Series X, but I guess I'm just going to play it on my Xbox One X for now. Yeah. And then when I finally get my Series X when the shops reopen, I can just continue on. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's perfect. It's um, yeah. So we have that um, and well, since the last time it was also announced what we're working on for the next thing, so. Well, there the two DLCs are Ireland and Paris. Siege of Paris, and I am not working on the Ireland one. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of people, like I was gassed when the video went up. I, I thought it was going up the twenty four hours later. I got my dates confused. Right, and um, one of my mates messaged me with like a screenshot of Ireland, and he's like. Oi, oi. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I was like, I tell you, there was a leak. I'm like, I oh, know speaky English. Yeah. It's funny talking about it anyway. I'm like, oh, thank God. All right. Just, yeah, never mind. <laughs> you just, on your computer, you've got a key that as you turn it, the whole place starts going on fire. And he's like, no, it's been announced. Oh, <laughs> shit. I'm just like turning the key back. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I'll turn the second key. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just, uh, it's mad. Like, they're seeing the reaction from people like losing shit. Like, as an Irish person, yeah, it's great. It's kind of mad to see reacting to it and i'm like you know but i'm also glad that i'm not that's not the one i'm, I'm on because i know i'd nitpick too much as yeah. an irish person on the irish one i'd be like no no that's that's wrong so, 20 feet to the left what are you doing yeah you would end up either annoyed that it isn't correct in an irish sense or you'd make it correct in an irish sense and then it's not correct in a assassin's creed sense if you get me or it's not four. yeah <laughs> it's that's like, the problem there's a, I, I've said it before, yeah. but there's a bit in the movie The Descent where uh, one of the girls is like the extreme sports girl is like, yeah, yeah, I met her when we were base jumping off the skyscrapers in Dublin. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Skyscrapers <laughs> in Dublin. Like the Sipton building? That's not even tall enough to get. Like there's nothing tall enough in Dublin you could base jump off. 
but uh, yeah, I <laughs> I was thinking that I was like, is there anything tall enough in Ireland today that you could do in a Sanskrit game? Never mind ancient Ireland. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know what they're doing with it. Yeah, there it was. It's all just like, and it, it's good though. Like, there's a full like research department, and the, like they've been there for all the previous games. So, like, while yeah, there's the odd thing that will just be that won't be 100 percent accurate. Like, they they do do a hell of a lot of research to get you right. So, you know, and nice. yeah, I mean, and and, and like. In a weird way, it's the, the only chance I have for the next few months to get home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. you know, I, uh, we do not have, uh, to everyone's uh, uh, to joy, everyone's delight, there is no uh, five-kilometer restriction from your house in, in the DLC. <laughs> it's just... God, I remember playing the getaway um, and, like, somebody coming over and watching me play it on the PlayStation 1, 2, I can't remember. Uh, and like directing me somewhere and he's like there's a really good curry place there and I'm like oh yeah because this is actually London like you, you've you been here that's funny it's the same in Watch Dogs um, in Legion like it's London and oh. like I'm wrecking I'm like can I make a turn here I'm in eh, there it is yeah and you're like no, <laughs> this is Piccadilly like, we, yeah. we did this one day where you were playing The Division and I had Google Maps or Google <laughs> yeah. Earth open and as you were walking I was walking along in Google Earth and being like, there's actually a really nice pub here called the Dead Rabbit. And then you found out it was called something else. And it was next to a bakery that was called something else. And it was next to a bank that was the exact same facade, but just called something else. Like the idea yeah. that they got it absolutely perfect. When we went up to the Dead Rabbit, a rabbit crawled out of a hole and ran off. Yes, which somebody out there can tell us if that's intentional or not, or whether that was complete coincidence. <laughs> Yeah, I got. I, I I I could ask around, but I think it's just I, I kind of don't want to know. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I really hope that it's just, it's there and that's the way it is. It's um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, 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 I, I'm I'm excited to see it. Like, we're doing we're doing Siege of Paris, and I'm like, man, Paris looks so much different from when I was there. <laughs> but no, it, it's good though. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm, I'm interested to see what, uh, particularly along the Irish thing. And I'm kind of like that's the other part. I'm glad that I'm not one of the people working on it, so I'm not. So I get to experience it like from a oh, yeah, perspective. Of course, that's a good point. You know? yeah, like yeah. it's the same thing with the main game. The, there's so many different studios who worked on it, and there's areas of the game that I purposely haven't played because I get to I get to experience it as a fan of the franchise, which I have been since like day one. Yeah, like I remember collecting my like pre-order and all the rest, and getting the the T-shirt with the hood on it. Yeah, and um, all that like so the being able to like I've purposely like I, I obviously like the stuff I work on I test it exhaustively, and then anything that would interact with it, I would test exhaustively. But then there's other stuff and there's other areas where I'm like I know I'm never gonna it's there's no interaction, so I can leave that. That can be the surprise. That can be the the new player experience. So I'm interested in that. That'd be good. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm working on the same Star Trek mobile game for five years, and there's bits where I'm like, there's bits. <laughs> when where... you don't, aren't. <laughs> uh, Sorry, but there's <laughs> there's a little hostile. <laughs> but there's bits where I'm playing it, and I'm just I'm playing certain screens and stuff, and turn it off. I'm like, I there's a play test coming up where it'll be the whole studio. There's a play test coming up with people, and I'm like, I'll wait and play it then, and like get into it because what I'm doing is just playing it and like staring at the hood staring at scoring like doing all this kind of stuff but then when i play it against people i'm like actively getting into it and like i video everything play it and then watch back the video of me playing it and i'm like i completely glossed over all these areas of the game that i thought were so important five minutes ago but now yeah now that i'm actually like in there and i have to like quickly react because someone's trying to steal something from me in the game i'm like nope that, that's the most important part yeah it's it, it's the it's the thing I find fascinating with design in general is that like people build sites, games, fucking board games, everything certain ways, and people just completely interact with them in a different manner. Oh yeah, and yeah, like I, I think eye tracker software is some of the most interesting stuff for that. Yeah, it's like people play. Yeah, people playing your game. Yeah, the reading journey. Yeah, cool. Turn on the side tracker software and then get them to play, it. and you'll really see how much they're paying attention to the shit you're putting in there. Yeah. Oh no! Um, like as we we literally have a research to, um, a research lab where we'll get people to play a game and and we'll watch where their eyes are, 
and you can watch somebody stare at a game for 20 minutes like can't find the next button and they're like oh this is shit and then they put the game in like how'd you go yeah it was great i loved it great game perfect wouldn't change a thing and you're like you you don't even know you're lying you horrible yeah yeah it's it's the reaction of people don't uh upset other people you know the it's it's the extreme opposite i think it's the like obviously there's this this thing that's people <laughs> that man, mankind has really experienced over the last like 10 years of the in- internet disinhibition effect where yeah, some yeah. people will just be ruder and more hostile to people because they can't see the feedback I... they can't see how the person's reacting and it seems like it's gone the other way in real life that people are just like <laughs> I... you know it's like i know i don't want to say anything in case i upset them but i'll go home and i'll fucking call them a dickhead <laughs> online like, <laughs> i wonder it's because they're so not practiced with measuring their tone they have to be nice nice and realize because like well i can't just call him a prick to his face uh yeah that's really interesting uh oh what was i gonna say um so answer why are you dressed like you're going for an interview to anyone who doesn't know johnny is like He's like he's trimmed his beard, his hair is slicked back. He's wearing a gray shirt and like a skinny tie, and he like he looks respectable. And as someone who's known Johnny for six and a half years now, it's really fucking disconcerting. <laughs> uh, honestly, that's probably why. Just to make things really disconcerting. I don't know. I shaved my beard. <laughs> it's Halloween. I to scare people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I shaved my beard and I was like, all right, well then I'll fix my eyebrows. And I did my eyebrows. I was like, oh, I better. I'll put my hair up so my hair is up in a little man bun thing. I was like, oh, and like genuinely was like, I'll do the, do the back of my neck. And I was like, well, I'll put a shirt on if I'm like, I'm, I'm wearing aftershave and stuff. I'm not going anywhere today. It's just. <laughs> You're not going anywhere this month. That's the first in November. <laughs> That's fucking like, oh, honestly, I would genuinely was looking around the house going, because I never do Christmas. I always, I'm a big Halloween guy. I was like, no, I haven't really done much Halloween stuff. It just felt like there was no natural point where I was like, and now it's Halloween. It's like, I could put up a full Christmas tree and come Monday. Just be completely different dude with a Christmas tree behind. Go, hey guys, just be real nice to people. Just to, yeah, throw them off. Have people have people worried about me, but because I'm seem to be doing all right. Do you know anyone who you can borrow like a, a cat or a dog off of <laughs> for just like a day? So they're in the background of all your like Zoom calls, and you never acknowledge the cat. I not, and then like, and then it's gone. I'm sure because we've got the the animated backgrounds. I'm actually pretty sure I could just have a cat walking around in the background, just like film my own background and put a cat in, and then not refer to it at all. And if people, I could even turn it off. People are like, "Where's the cat?" Like as it walks behind me, turn it off and just be like, "What cat? What are you talking about?" I know. I think it'd be funnier if like there was a cat that could literally like jump up onto your desk in front of you, or like, <laughs> you know what I mean. And you're just like idly penning it, and they're like, "Why don't you get a cat?" Like, what are you talking? About? Yeah. <laughs> this is, and then, and then never mention it again afterwards. Just be like, "Yeah, you know, what, what's the cat?" They keep saying something about a cat. What's the cat's name? Just cat, I think. <laughs> oh, this is a white. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> just uh, answer the negative. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't think there's a cat. Uh, so there you go. No satisfying answer to that. I'm just wearing, no. I'm freshly trimmed and wearing a tie. I did that once to Leela. So I, showed, yeah. I showed up at his house like this once, just in a white shirt and a tie and made him breakfast. And he he didn't unscrunch his brow for the whole day. He was just staring at me like, what happened? What happens now? That's, yeah, I don't know. There's something wrong. It's it, it, it's like when boss music starts playing. Just people just <laughs> that they're, they're uncomfortable. It's just mm, no, no, no. Like this. It's not even the boss music hasn't started yet. It's when you walk into a room and there's loads of health, and you're like, nah. <laughs> so the next yeah, room, yeah. the next room is the problem. Yeah, I suppose. Hmm. Sign of things to come. <laughs> <laughs> Don't agree with this. Anyway. Um, well, is there anything else that I watched recently? Uh, Haunting of Bly Manor is, is very good. Is that good? Because I didn't yes. like Haunting a Hill House or whatever that other one was from a while ago. So part of the reason, I wasn't mad on Haunting Hill House. And they were like, oh, we're doing a sequel. And I'm like, eh, not that arse watching it. And then I saw Rahul Kohli was in it. Mm. And he's a very good actor. He's... Um, um he's English actor, um plays Ravi in uh iZombie. Oh yeah. And I've like there's like 
seen him do like comedy videos online with like comedy channels that I follow and shit like that. Very funny guy. Very, um, very good actor. Very mm-hmm. impressive actor. Like, and um, I was like, okay, I like I like him and other stuff. I think he's funny in any of the videos where I just watch it. It's just him. Mm-hmm. Like when it's him being him, I give it a watch. And I just, I, it felt like it was a better story. And it was just like, because it's, again, it's almost, it's the anthology type thing where it's like each one is a, is a haunting in a location. Yeah. And, and that, like, so it's, you know, um, it, it worked, you know, you'll know it in the first two episodes if you're interested or not. Okay. Like, so, I mean, it's not a huge investment to, to watch it through because it's, a lot of it is carried by how, like, it's a decent story, but a lot of it's carried by how good the actors in it are. Is it gothic horror? Is it like woman in black style? Like everyone's in the house and there's something wrong and nobody wants to speak about it. Kinda okay. That's I don't want to give you give okay. it too much, like because there's there's some genuinely decent moments in it where you're kind of like, oh, well, okay. So I don't want to. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. I looked um, that one. Uh, from ours. Go on. Oh yeah, and and there's Johnny's own series because it's the perfect time to to uh, Sleepy Valley. Yes, I believe is the name of it. Named after Johnny has been making. Uh, yeah, it's named after um, uh, the Valley of the Jolly Green Giant. That's right. Uh, Johnny has done a whole series of adverts for them. And <laughs> they, they still haven't accepted. That but, would I mean, be great if in the last episode it's just me slowly holding up a can of corn and be like, <laughs> eat it before it eats you. <laughs> I mean, there's still plenty of time, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I, I was working on a, a YouTube horror series. It's an, a slightly found footage, I guess it is found footage, analog horror series. Um, completely honestly, I was, uh, I love a bunch of analog horror stuff. There's a bunch of people who do stuff online and it's like they sell it as here are some old con- contingency videos or PSAs or unused adverts that we found and we're releasing, but they've, they are fiction. And as you watch them, they just get creepier and creepier. But they always pull short of it being like so over the top that you're like, this is ridiculous. You actually come away going, that could have been real. There's a world like I've heard stories that they had a bunch of tapes in case like certain manned missions to the moon blew up. They had tapes that were going to play and some people have seen them and said they're the creepiest thing in the world. Basically, like from an alternate universe, just the president staring into the camera saying, "Um, you know, this is a great tragedy that's befallen us, even though it didn't happen. Uh, so I was watching things like Local 58 and No Through Road. Um, and I was like, all right, well, I want to make stuff. Uh, it's me using old camcorder, old camcorder footage from the 90s and noughties, literally of my family, and then cutting in new footage that has been made to look old, which I literally do by just filming on my phone and then holding the camcorder up and filming off the IMAX screen <laughs> to get it on tape again which absolutely works. And it means then you can fuck up the tape when you're playing it back. So you get all the weird jump cuts and, and uh, distortion. But uh, yeah, it's super fun to make. Um, it is, it's me just learning to do special effects and random stuff in After Effects. Uh, every single episode is just me being like, I wonder if I can track motion in the next episode. I wonder if I can distort 2D with a 3D mesh and just trying to figure some creepy thing out to do with that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it definitely has that kind of, in a weird way, it remind, reminds me a little bit of like Marvel Hornets and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but it works. Um, yeah. I did, continue, continue with past Halloween. Keep going. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It, it, I, I know how many episodes are going to be. And the only, uh, I, won't, I won't spoil the end, but the, like, I need to recruit people at various points to do various episodes. Uh, so I was like, yeah, this, there's going to be really weird situations where like, I'll have to go up to my mom at Christmas. And like, I need you to record a very strange voiceover at some point. She's like, hopefully. Yeah, fine. Cool. There was one, one of the, one of the, um, <laughs> one of your creepy shots. I was like, I know that house, that house is around the corner from where we used to live. Yeah. There's, a, there's a house that used to walk by and there was a light that would strobe in the hall yeah, yeah. constantly. It's still doing it. Of course it is. I have no idea what the fuck is wrong with that I, house. I don't know what, what's going on there. Other other windows are lit up, so there's people in there like moving around and stuff. But this the hallway light just 
techno house, a techno house, a techno, a techno, a techno house. Could be it's something odd anyway, but yeah, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I know. <laughs> Straight away. Like somebody has an epileptic enemy that they want to keep out of their house. Or keep in. <laughs> yeah. Can't go out in the hallway. Yeah, I mean, you know. Um, okay. Yeah, so go watch uh, Sleepy Valley. You'll find it on um, on YouTube's. It's on YouTube's and then later in your own dreams. So that'll be fun. If it worked, anyway. <laughs> um, cool. I, that's, yeah, I think that's us done. That's us. All right, everyone. Have fun. Have a, we'll have more direct episodes coming soon yeah, again. We're just kind of, you know. Hit us up with something. Hit us up with some tropes or some things that you want us to, to look at. Or if there was old episodes you liked and would like us to revisit. We've got a, we've got enough of a backlog now. We could start doing part twos. That's a dangerous threat, but okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> cool. Cheers, all. <laughs>